0: You like that?
1: Yeah, it's nice.
0: Thank you. Well, <laughs> welcome into the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. We're all about connecting the folks of Johnson City to our small business owners here in our great little town. And I'm your host today, Ryan McKinney. Thanks for listening. Today, I get to welcome Margie Kendall to the show. She's the founder and cooking instructor at Margie Foodie here in Johnson City. So, Margie, welcome in. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, right off the bat, um, Because the word foodie is in your title, sure. I've got to, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. Can you give me the definition of foodie?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, You know, I've never been asked that question before. I would just say someone who, you know, you don't even have to be someone who loves to cook, just someone who loves good food and everything that goes along with that, with that, you know, enjoying something new, the company around the table, um, trying out new restaurants. I think foodie is a pretty broad term. Okay, well then... You side with Sarah, my wife. Um, funny
0: story in our family. About six years ago, we're we're sitting around the kitchen bar, and and we're hanging out with our dear friends Shane and Shelley Hutchison and Sarah and I. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about traveling, where we're gonna go, and where we're yeah. gonna eat, and things like that. And Sarah so goes, "Oh yeah, we would love that place. I mean, we're we're foodies." And I kind of looked. I'm like, "We predominantly love steak and like Brussels sprouts, right?" <laughs> and we're not because in my I guess, definition of when I thought foodie, it was like, oh, escargot, and you're going to try all this. And we're not very exploratory when it comes to food, yet your definition, right. she was right, and we're obviously foodies.
1: Yeah, so. you like what you like, and that's okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I love well,
0: it. awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, before we talk about Margie Foodie and your brand and, and your business, sure, kind of take folks back a little bit. Where you're from, where you grew up, that kind of a thing. Let people know a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've we just recently celebrated ten years in Johnson City, but I'm a Michigan native. So okay. I I moved here shortly after graduating from Michigan State University. Um, where you I,
0: were in the color guard?
1: Yes, I was. I was in the marching band. band. My whole family's been in the marching band, okay. so it's um it's a special to us. I'm still a big <laughs> Michigan State fan now, but. Okay. Um, but we I've loved being in Johnson City so it was a good move for me I, I initially moved to this area I was a graduated, graduate you know undergrad wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at yep. that point in my life I Typical. think a lot of yep. a lot of college I students feel that and um, I took a I took an internship with um, a nonprofit um Appalachia Service Project which is based here in Johnson City yep. and I, I had volunteered with them all through high school I had worked for them in my summers in college and I knew I loved that so I just I, I've always been someone who follows what I know and love and so mm-hmm. I came here for that that reason I loved the mountains and I loved their mission so that brought me here okay um it 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 was a great time I worked for ASP for about seven six seven years um with them and it was it was good tell
0: folks I know a little bit about ASP tell Mm -hmm. folks what ASP does and what kind of what you learned there and and kind of what their mission is and and tell folks a little bit about them.
1: Yeah. So it's um, they do critical home repair for um, low-income families throughout the central Appalachian region. So while headquartered here in Johnson City, they work in five states, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, and North Carolina. And so I, I took an internship with them for a year. It led to a full-time position. Right. I ended up getting my master's in social entrepreneurship while I was working with them. So I could continue to kind of learn, you know, the business yeah. sort of side of doing good. and. Um, I I eventually found myself doing development work, doing fundraising for them and events and um, program development. I helped develop a college volunteer program for them and I got to kind of use that entrepreneurial skills that I I learned to love while studying that for my master's. And um, it was, it was really a good time. So I, I, I got to travel doing some fundraising events with them and, um, and again, working here, getting to know the Johnson city community a bit more and helped me really fall in love with this area. And I, really I met my cool. husband there too. So that's also very special to us. Yeah, that's so right. we, um, he is also from Chicago. So although we're both from the Midwest. We actually met here <laughs> in Johnson city working for ASP.
0: Well, we're just full of connecting folks from all over. Um, And then they just fall in love in Johnson City and Mm -hmm. then they fall in love with the town and they end up staying here, which is cool. Right, right. Uh, Well, thanks for sharing that. So you said social entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Was that a a master's degree? Yeah, it was a
1: master's degree. So I did it in about two and a half years while I was working full time. So it was a tough busy time in my sure. life so I, I like to stay busy so it worked out just fine right. so um, I did that while I was working for ASP um, I got that at, through Carson Newman um, in Jefferson City so I did a little bit on campus work off campus work it was they were really flexible with the fact that I you know needed to work full-time while getting my master's and I'm thankful for for that because it helped me learn a lot you know I, I've always loved doing good and I've always loved right. that I've always been interested in business development and starting businesses and so that you know Part of getting that degree led me to starting my own business as well, because I've always wanted to, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship.
0: Cool. And you also love to travel?
1: Love to travel, yeah. So I started traveling. I mean, put my first trip abroad when I was in high school to Europe and did eight different countries wow. then. So it's loved it. And then after that, I did a little bit of travel, solo travel to visit some friends who were living abroad. And um, my husband and I have taken several trips. So before I turned 30, it was my goal to visit um, – of six continents i wasn't gonna include antarctica in that, and we did it so my 20 oh, wow. my 28 i visited six continents so congratulations thanks so love to travel um and just you know i've, I've loved meeting and connecting with different people i love again like i said to explore different kinds of food i think all of yeah. my travels have been food inspired and it's helped me um you know, just curate recipes and things like sure. that just from things that i've experienced while traveling
0: so europe Hong Kong, Ecuador, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Your, (laughs) your, your best food experience in one of these six continents.
1: This is such a tough question. Um, I just it's this is hard for me because i love so much yeah. being a foodie i love so much different kinds of food but i have to say probably you, you mentioned hong kong and that's the one i usually say because my sister and i took a two-week trip um to southeast asia and we we were in hong kong for a while and just trying different dim sum dumplings um yeah. all over the city that was one of the most fun things we did and just the, i think it means a lot to me my sister's my best friend so just Absolutely. having that trip you know a lot of trips it's, it's sometimes you know it's great where you're going, but it's also the company you're with, and so that was just a really meaningful trip for me
0: that's awesome um best place to stay on oh, your travels gosh.
1: well, just in general we mm-hmm. you know we like to stay in a lot of airbnbs and cool. just try to stay somewhere yeah. that feels a little more local so we've done have done everything from hostels to some nicer hotels too but I like the i like the in between where you can kind of feel like you get the vibe of where you're staying so used a lot of Airbnb.
0: That's cool. Uh best beach
1: around the world that you've been to? <clears throat> I'm just
0: curious cuz we're beach people.
1: Yeah. See, I I'm a beach person too. I love the water. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the best beach. I you know, my favorite, I guess just the beach isn't necessarily as nice as like the water experience mm-hmm. around it. You know, my my husband and I were scuba divers and so we oh, like yeah. to be kind of involved and, you know, we like to scuba dive and snorkel and probably going to the Galapagos Islands off the coast of, you know, it's part of Ecuador. That's probably our favorite. I would say the the beaches are a little sandy, rocky, but you can just, you know, walk around, jump in the beach and go snorkeling and see a sea turtle. I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty magical.
0: That's cool. So you study social entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. you start working with ASP Mm -hmm. and then you kind of merge into this world of starting your own business. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your business, how you got from doing one thing to saying, you know what, I'm going to pivot right now and shift into this.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so as I I mentioned, I've always been someone who follows what I know and love and Mm -hmm. I've always known and loved food. Even from a very young age, I used to make recipes. I used to, take over my parents' kitchen and make restaurants and me and my yep. sister would, you know, try to, you know, make really tasty meals for our parents. And um, I started blogging about food kind of early and some, you know, it's a really rough looking blog. I wish I could find my original one out there in college, <laughs> yeah. um, putting together some recipes and just sharing pictures of things I was eating. Yeah. And um, I just, I've always loved food. I've I've kind of bounced back and forth between considering culinary school into from time to time. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that. I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually work in a restaurant or just do something around food. You know, my, more my with my nonprofit background um, and my um, my education, I've you know kind of focused on like marketing and communications and just how I could combine that with food. And so um, I just took took that. You know, uh, near the end of my time at ASP, I was blogging more about food and I was getting really interested in in Doing cooking classes um, for folks. So I had taken, you know, cooking classes in various places, you know, locally and around the world, not locally here, but, you know, here here in the U.S. or Mm -hmm. regionally. And I was thinking that you know, there really wasn't a place for that here locally at the right. time. Um, I was, you know, thinking about all the different activities I saw people doing. Whether it was like, you know, corporate groups wanting activities and friend groups and bachelorette parties and families wanting things like that. And I heard people always going to Asheville for something like that yep. or Knoxville for something like that. And I was thinking, well, this is this is an area where we're getting people are very interested in food. We're getting great restaurants. Our farmer's market's booming. People are interested in it. There's definitely a a need or that would be something that folks here would like. And so I started thinking about how I could do that here. And then a friend connected me with a farm out in Jonesboro, Serenity Knoll Farm. It's Mm -hmm. um, still out there. So I actually worked in, in late 2017, early 2018 with the farm's owner there. He had built a commercial kitchen that was he had ideas of using it for a venue space for weddings or for catering or for having an in-home baker and hadn't really developed exactly what he wanted to do yet sure. and um, I just worked with him and talked to him about my ideas and how they lined up with his ideas and from there um, I built Serenity Null Cooking School which we then launched early in 2018 and it's still still going on today there so um, so when I started the cooking school I really got to Kind of be creative. I mean, I'm very thankful for the farm's owner, David, who allowed me to be creative and kind of dive all into just creating my dream cooking class business out there. And I was fortunate enough with his help and just with the community being so supportive and excited about it that it it took off pretty wildly right away. So we were doing (laughs) cooking classes out there almost every single day of the week, you know, I taught many classes, but I also reached out to other local chefs and bakers and foodies out there who had a skill that wanted to teach to teach classes as well for all ages, groups, skill levels. And it, we just, we just had a blast doing it. So, So cool. Yeah.
0: And then where did Margie Foodie evolve from there?
1: Yeah, so the beginning of last year, obviously a lot of things changed for people, yeah. March of 2020. Yeah. Um, I actually um, had our first daughter in February of 2020. Congratulations. So right, thank you very much. Um, right before the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it was going to be really hard for me to be you know, all in, I mean, this working for the cooking school was a, was a hands-on job every single day of the week. I mean, I was, it was, very, it was hard for me to take time off. So I just knew it wasn't something I could, um, I wouldn't be the best person for that thriving business at that time, um, being a brand new mom. So I actually stepped down um, from being the director of it and took a, a step back, just doing some marketing and stuff and such for them. So I could you know be home with our daughter and then yeah. everything changed. Obviously a month later when the pandemic hit, And, you know, they they stopped doing cooking classes. And so I was starting to think at this time, well, you know, I I worked with them for a while to start doing some cooking classes virtually. And then from there you know along with with their blessing and just working with you know getting some experience doing some of these virtual activities we started to do yeah. early in the pandemic time you know that was big really popular right, <laughs> right. away um i decided to just kind of go off on my own so it would be more flexible with my family schedule sure. um and start doing cooking classes virtually on my own so and i had already had been doing a food blog for a long time um and I just wanted to build it, you know, out from that already. I had a following with my food blog and I knew that I could use that to, and, and just some, you know, people who had taken classes with me before here. And yeah. also just, you know, since the pandemic started, people were following me for classes kind of all over who sure. just knew me personally or through connections of friends. And I just thought it would be a good time to take, you know, something that was not necessarily you know, expected, but try to, you know, kind of use that as a, way to provide the community with something that would be helpful and positive at the time for what people were, you know, looking for.
0: Wasn't uh, March, 2020 is like, yeah. it's, it's like pre COVID <laughs> and post COVID, right? right? Everybody's talking, well, we even did this until March, 2020. And then right. all right. The right. Now we do this <laughs> for sure. Um, from the perspective of um, your blog, mm-hmm. Ad free recipes. Yes. Why is that important to you and why is that important to your your customers and your clients?
1: That's a great question. And it's something that became important to me early on when I started to do this. You know, I never mm-hmm. wanted to do it as some as a way to just in a date, just to recreate what everyone else has done. If you, like, mm-hmm. if you were to go online and you were to so, Google, I want a recipe for grilled chicken, you're yep. going to find a, a thousand recipes for grilled chicken, but every single one of them you're going to have to scroll through. That particular blogger's background and why they love grilled chicken, and you know the time of day and the weather that made them inspired them to create this right. recipe and ads and you know boxes you got to click out of when you're just looking to find what you just need at the grocery the store. Yeah, I'm like I just want to know what I need to buy before right. I go to Kroger today or whatever yeah. it is. So um, I wanted to create something that was more approachable for people. I wanted people to. Um, You know, I I just want people to fall in love with cooking in their own kitchen and feeling comfortable to try new things. And it's hard to do when there's all these obstacles in the way. So I just wanted to be straightforward with recipes that still, you know, push people a little bit to try new things and um, just get creative. But but not have to go through all the hoops of, you know, just trying to navigate through what they um, what they need to find in order to do that. You know, just just narrowing that down. And so that was really important to me. So. Uh, you know, I've tried to find, and, and luckily I have some other avenues to sort of use my food blog um, as a means to monetize it. And so, sure. this using this as a chance to kind of filter people for, you know who are fans of my recipes mm-hmm. into doing cooking classes was a great business strategy, strategy for me at the time,
0: right? Um, I think that eliminating friction is kind of what COVID and in, in the last two years really have taught sure. people is we can eliminate the friction of them getting to us or getting to our product or to our service right those are the businesses that i'm seeing especially in johnson city that are thriving for sure because it's taking the client and putting them at the center of of every transaction that we have Mm -hmm. so so what's your value proposition when you're talking to clients and they're like oh yeah you know like i mean i could probably just do this on my own or why do i need to take a cooking class or sure um what's your value proposition why 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 come into Margie Foodie and say, "Hey, I, w- I need a cooking instructor"?
1: Sure, it's it's more about the experience than it is the food. To be honest, I mean, the food, the food brings people together, and yeah. that comes that that's true for any type of meal you're doing. I mean, everyone loves food, and it's a great you know, it, we all need nourishment. We all need to eat. But um, but the, it's about the experience around it that I think that's, that's what's most special to me. And that's what's always been most special to me about food. And I feel that way about these cooking classes, whether it's in person. And the same thing is true virtual. It helps connect people, which, you know, we all were looking for again in March, 2020. And and even, even now today, um, you know, beyond the pandemic, there's people who are, who seek connection who have friends across the country or across the globe or family that can't get together or, um, you know, groups, work teams that are spread out around the country with different, um, you know, different offices. So people are looking for ways to connect and have, um, experiences together. And so that's sort of what I, you know, I, I market it as where it's, it's a chance for, it's supposed to be fun. And I I tell people at the beginning of this, the beginning of every class that I teach virtually, um, that I want them to make good food and enjoy it. That's, you know, part of it. But more than that, I want them to have a good time and feel comfortable and enjoy each other's company when they necessarily can't be together. So that's, that's what it is. I, it's just a way to bring people together, um, to do something other than just chit-chat. You know, we all did Zoom happy hours and things like that with friends, but this is a way for for groups to really come together, do something that's unifying, something they can discuss afterwards, and hopefully hopefully come away with it learning something too, but more importantly, just um, connecting with one another.
0: You're right. The experience, you know, I'm thinking of... We got my mom's, who's home economics major, right. Mm-hmm. So try to compete with, you know, making a pie at my house versus right. making a pie at her house.
1: Right. Um,
0: the Betty Crocker right. cookbook. Right. And yet that recipe is totally different at my house as opposed to when my kids are making right. it with her, and the smell and the taste of the cookies coming off of her cookie tray. Versus when we make them at our house, so I totally. Right, right. I buy into that. right. Absolutely. So uh, So what's, what's kind of trending in your world? maybe some technology stuff or, or what, where's the business kind of shifting toward?
1: Sure. Um, you know, there's, there are a lot of virtual cooking class opportunities now, you know, yep. you'll see, I see a lot of that where I'm um, I'm pretty proud of the work we did at Serenity Knoll when I was still with them at the beginning of the pandemic, because we were kind of on the forefront of that. In fact, when you Googled zoom cooking classes, we were about third on Google, which wow. is pretty, pretty, um, wonderful. Yeah. And so, um, it would have been trying to think creatively how we could, how to, you know, kind of go with what people are doing and wanting, but still be unique enough for where what I do stands out um, amongst, you know, what people do. And so what's really trending right now is just, just seeing a, an opportunity and, and booking it and doing a cooking class on your own. Um, but what I've wanted to do that's different than that is it's all my experiences are private. So you come to me or, and then you, you recruit the people instead of, you know, me saying like, oh, I'm going to be teaching how to make fresh pasta at, you know, on Saturday at six and you can sign up for it and pay individually. You actually reach out to me and you recruit people to be part of it. So everyone in your in your class yeah. is you know them together, right? You know, them it's, that's you cool. can, it's, you don't feel uncomfortable to like have your camera on and be silly right, and, yeah. um, and chat with one another. So it, it's, it's, it's a private group is just people, you know, and so you share the cost of the class. You, you know, they can all, you can all take breaks. I have, you know, I do birthday parties. Like people have birthday parties <laughs> and they'll stop and sing happy birthday right. and do a cheers and stuff. So and so cool. it's, it's very, it's very personal. So that's why I wanted to stand out. But really where I see people going is just, um, uh, just, just doing more, um, more opportunities for virtual things for all different ages and different types of cuisine, and um, as we slowly kind of return to doing some normal in-person stuff too, um, but still offering these virtual opportunities at the same time for folks who are either maybe uncomfortable doing in-person things, or they just, um, you know, like I said, they, you know, COVID aside, it's, it's they want to connect with people who they can't always be in person sure. with. Sure.
0: Um, speaking of one of those, I think, um, if, if you're watching the social face pages or whatever live,
1: Mm -hmm. it'll
0: be next Wednesday. So you're having like this opportunity for kids to cook food around the world, right?
1: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, where I'm, I'm teaching a fall, a virtual fall course for students who are still learning at home or homeschooled students. Um, and we're we're cooking on Wednesdays at eleven o'clock right. in the morning for about an hour and every week we're gonna focus on a different area of the world and a cuisine that correlates with that and and cook something together. So I did this in the spring as well, when there were still a lot of students at right. home and we did a baking class where, you know, when we we did pies and we did cookies and we did babka breads and we did um, cheesecakes and all sorts of fun stuff. So they got to cook with me and I, w- I go along slowly with the kids and they can ask me questions. And then at the end they have something to, to eat. And, you know, the, a lot of, some kids did it on their own. Some sure. younger kids would did it, do it with their parents oh, right. and that's how this one will work too. So, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to run that course from September 15th through December 1st. Folks can join late if they're interested. You okay. can find information on that, um, on my website, but, um, and then I'm hoping then next spring to actually bring this to, to doing on weekends and in person, hopefully again, cause I, I love teaching, I love teaching everyone how to cook, but I really love watching kids get excited about they food. Do. So it's my favorite.
0: Yep, they do, don't they? They do. That's cool. Um, your audience, your foodie audience knows babka bread, but I've, n- I don't even know what that is babka <laughs> bread.
1: Oh gosh. It's like, you've probably seen it before. It's like the bread that has like a braid or a twist and it has like okay. chocolate or yeah, cinnamon or yeah. something kind oh, of wow. in or mix it. it's it's sweet bread it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit fluffier you know mm-hmm. it's got egg base in it so it's 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 good and That's, um the kids kids love that one. i mean what kid doesn't love a bread with chocolate exactly <laughs>
0: so recently you had a recipe go viral on tiktok
1: oh uh, yeah like
0: twenty thousand <laughs> hearts and likes yeah
1: and a yeah about a third, of, third million views yeah wow
0: yeah. uh well you know your pans are old and you should never let Olive oil go inside the oven. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm just kidding.
1: You know, you get. It's, I've I've really enjoyed TikTok, but you get all sorts of yes. comments. Everyone knows how the internet is. So for for
0: those of you that oh. don't know what I'm talking about, um, Margie was on TikTok and she got some comments, right? Of yeah. just kind of some. Yeah ribbing in the side of like you know you're not your pans are old and you're that's not me saying that that's a comment from her that you're not supposed to put olive oil in the oven is what another commenter said yeah yeah or
1: i got a lot of hate for that recipe for the title of it because it was it was an asiago (laughs) Asiago bagel bagel. soup right and it's you know the the i I like to think creatively with my recipes and those are the recipes that usually get more traction and more um reviews but but for some reason people had a hard time with the fact that I called it that without there being bagels actually in it rather gotcha. it's it's bagel inspired not mm-hmm. necessarily I don't know how you would put a bagel in a soup it's supposed right. to taste like that but you know for for everything that goes viral there's always that and I'm just right. just got to let it roll off your shoulders <laughs> for
0: our folks who you know social media plays such a huge part in all of our mm-hmm. lives i think uh, especially in this generation um, especially for maybe some folks who are entrepreneurial minded, um, you know, how do you let that just kind of roll off your back and say, "Ugh," you know, like that's this comment. That's his perception. It's his opinion. Like, does it, does it stick with you? How do you allow yourself to put out content? and realize that some people aren't always going to love what you do or love what you say or love what you put out. Well,
1: that's taking some time, you know, because my Mm -hmm. recipes are things that I've, you know, tested over and over again and are things that I've, you know, really mean a lot to me. And so, you know, at first it would bother me a little bit, but at this point I've just hit the point that, you know, and it's not, and I feel this way about all food and recipes in general, that not everything is for everyone. And so if someone has an issue with, You know, the way I called the name I have for the soup, (laughs) they don't have to make it. And that's okay. And I'm not going to bother me. Um, You know, I I didn't make it for for that person. I made it for anyone who might like it. And so, you know, you just have to just let that roll off your shoulders. And it's just the way the internet is these days. There's just, if you look at anything, you're going to get someone with opposing views or having an issue with something and you just have to stick to what you know and what you love. And, um, you can't take the criticism, um. You just can't take it. You just got to let it go. <laughs> We've
0: got a couple of young listeners too. And like, so, sure. you know, thinking of your daughter as she grows up and having mm-hmm. that kind of mindset to her and, and conveying that to her as social media eventually becomes a part of their world as sure. young adults. Sure. Is there anything that you would be putting into her mind or, or her thought process of there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to not necessarily want to – be your best friend.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's such a important thing right now. I think as social media is just such an intricate part of our lives, you can't avoid it. Um, I just, it's being true to herself. That's really what that, you know, being my husband is important to us with raising both of our girls. We, we had another daughter, um, she's eight weeks old today. So, <laughs> so we'll have the challenge of raising two girls yep. that are within a year and a half old of each other. And so we're going to have to deal with that a lot. Just yeah. like, just, you know, just be true to what you value Um, would you know that your family and friends, you know, they love and care about you as you are, and you just can't, you can't, um, let any of that get to you. You have to be positive and also be that person for other people as well, because there's some people who, you know, are, might not take criticism as well, or they might feel, you know, bullied or hurt or misunderstood. And, you know, we want to raise girls who are going to be the people who make those people feel included. And, um, and that's, that's really important to us
0: a path I didn't think we would go down when we're talking about Margie Foodie today, but we kind of went there and I thought it was interesting to kind of get your perspective on that. Sure, sure. Um, Well, that about wraps up our time together here today on the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. Thanks for investing your time with us. Where do people go to connect with you and, and learn about you and and get connected to you and your business?
1: Yeah, so my website is com. There you'll find my recipes, information on classes, and other opportunities. Then you can also follow me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all at MargiFoodie. You'll find recipe videos. And um, I just love to get feedback on recipes and for people to share what they make. And so it's a great way to do that.
0: It's awesome. Well, I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for dropping into the show today. Please subscribe to the podcast if you like what we're doing here. And, and make sure to also check out Podcasting for Fun and Profit. It's hosted by Leighton Hart, our very own Leighton Hart here at Market Street Media, who's also our sound engineer who's responsible for, once again, romancing your ears. Um, check that out. This is the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McKinney, and until next time. Keep living your life by design.